0: So I hit the wrong button and we got into trouble. Okay. So I just want to, I'll just set up the microphone and we'll have proper sound. So don't go away, sorry we lost you all just want to make sure that I set this up correctly. I'm on my phone now, so we should not have a problem on my phone. I was going on my computer. It has a better camera. So now, just let me know that you can hear, hear me better. Well, I suspect you can hear me well now so just let me know hare krishna hare krishna, krishna 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 hare hare is it loud enough clear beautiful transcendental krishna krishna hare hare much better okay and how is the um, video, the pic- the, compared to what you were seeing before, how is the video? Is it not as good? The same? In a sense, it's a little easier to use the computer, but setting up the phone is not a problem. Okay, so we can continue it's easier to read the um, looks low quality yeah the the um, it's a lower resolution I th- um, pixels oh really yeah my true beauty cannot be appreciated unless I use the webcam but um pixelated yeah I think it could also be due to the fact that that I don't know so maybe we're having we're having um, internet issues so hope, hopefully that new internet uh, which I'm getting getting in a week or two st- uh, will solve the problem and they're telling us that internet is gonna be faster. We live in the country and they're, they're moving to put in faster internet, which would solve a lot of problems. And I'll have it right here in the office now. I, I get it from the house. So we were sharing. Loud hiss. Dun, 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 dun. The unknown. I think. I think a lot of the problems are coming if there's a hiss or a noise, it's probably the result of bad inter- internet right now. Hold on, I have an idea. This could solve the hiss problem. Better? Humming I mean sound and background. I think that's, the, it should be better now. All right, this is the best I can do for now. Every, I've done everything in my control. So now we're out of control. Krishna's in control. Okay. So, we're going to continue. So, the last thing we were reading I wanted to discuss. All acts performed in this sense of servitude are called pure love of God because they are performed for the absolute sense gratification of Sri Krishna. However, any act performed for the purpose of enjoying his fruits or results, is an act of sense gratification. Such actions are visible, sometimes in gross, and sometimes in subtle forms. So that's the point I was... This is, um... This verse in purport is 4, 164, 165. And then... We will continue reading 165 through 176. So... You, you know, when, as devotees, as, as people who study, as those of us who are studying Prabhupada's books, when we talk about sense gratification, we generally think of eating, we think of seeing, going somewhere, go on vacation to see something that's beautiful, hear something listen to your favorite music because it, you want to listen to it. makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. The affairs between men and women, sexual affairs. You know, just immaterial extravagance. That When we talk about sense gratification, that's what we normally think of. And so when Prabhupada's talking about all these altruistic and religious people and using the word sense gratification then it gets confusing because we say, well, aren't they doing good work? And they are doing good work. So here, Prabhupada is clarifying that. He said it could be subtle. And subtle means it's not so obvious because what they're doing is good. But the motive behind it, it's not pure. It's not the motive of the gopis. I think that's the best. I think the best way I could explain this is that when Prabhupada's saying no, this is not love, just add to the sentence, this is not the love of the gopis. Because because we might see it relatively speaking, we might see that as love compared, you know, to what some people are doing, this person is showing a lot of compassion or tolerance or affection compared to the average person, and that's true. But compared to the gopis, it's not the love that the gopis have. So relative to good and bad in this world we may classify it as love. And that's where we get confused when Prabhupada says there's no love here. If we just add of the gopis there's no love of the gopis in the material world. That we can agree with. That we can understand very easily. There is, there's no. You will not find that dedication of, uh, that the gopis had for Krishna. You won't find it here. And what you'll find here is, behind the love, behind the altruism, behind the religion, you'll always find something. There's some gratification, and we we've run into this problem in our own movement, where we see that sometimes Krishna gives us a position, so we have a little power, a little control, and sometimes the devotee may misuse that to gratify his ego or gratify his need to control or misuse his position to to get something material, take advantage of his position to get something material. So that seed is there, that material seed is there. It's not yet purified. That's Prabhupada's point. But within the heart of the gopis, the only thing in their heart is they want to please Krishna. That's all. There's nothing else in it. So that's that i think makes it clear when Prabhupada's saying it could be gross sense of gratification or it could be subtle right so i think that makes it clear and that that statement there's no love in the world which which when you hear it it, it the first reaction is no there is love my mother loves me and and your mother does love you, but she doesn't love you like the gopis love Krishna. She doesn't love you like Jasoda loves Krishna. That love is reserved for the pure devotees. And the love of your mother your mother if your mother's not a pure devotee, she must have some desire to get something from you, some enjoyment from you in some way, you know. People have kids to enjoy the kids. So why did they have the kids in the first place? Out of pure love? No, they love their kids, but they also enjoy their kids, and they want their kids to be successful, and they jo- enjoy through them, and they enjoy the grandchildren, and like that. So that's the point. Okay, so we're going to continue reading. And I think, uh, Kamini, I think... the w- I'm reading from a book, and the book says this, what I just read was 164, 165, and now I'm going to continue reading and it says it's 165 through 176. So I'm not reading from Chaitanya Charitamrita; I'm reading from another book which is quoting Chaitanya Sri Śrīla Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami continues. The object of lust is only the enjoyment of one's own senses, but love caters to the enjoyment of Lord Krishna. And thus, it is very powerful. Social customs, scriptural injunctions, bodily demands, fruitive action, shyness, patience, bodily pleasures, self-gratification, and the path of Varnashram, Dharma, which is difficult to give up, the gopis have forsaken all of these along with their families and suffered their relatives' punishment and scolding, all for the sake of serving Lord Krishna. So let me read that. So now you understand the context. This is what the gopis, Prabhupada is, is just elaborating. He's helping, he's helping us understand what love is. And so he's saying, this is all the things they gave up. And you see the Sanskrit there. How many is putting loka dharma veda dharma deha dharma and what you know duties to the people to scripture to the body to satisfy one's desires so social customs this is what they gave up social customs scriptural injunctions scriptural injunctions that would impede their love that would be more materialistic scriptural bodily demands fruitive activities shyness patience shyness and patience. Now this is interesting because if you study some of the characteristics of women that are desirable these will come up shyness, patience. And so the point that Prabhupada's making or this verse is making is not that women should give up shyness and patience and social customs and scriptural injunctions and so forth all these things. That's not the point. The point is that in order to satisfy Krishna, they had to give up these things. So that's a demonstration of their love. Things which ordinarily would not be given up, or things which would be difficult difficult to give up, or things which um, they may not like to give up, to please Krishna they would give up. That's the point. Hmm. So we'll continue reading. That is called attachment to Lord Krishna. It is spotlessly pure like a clean cloth that has no stain. Thus there is not the slightest taint of lust in the gopi's love. You know, in one sense you could say the whole Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam is written so we could come to this point of understanding this love. Because when you understand the gopis' love, you understand everything about love of Godhead because it's the highest manifestation. And, and it takes daily chanting our rounds, following the regulative principles, studying Bhagavatam every day, to be able to understand this, that there is a love beyond lust. So this is kind of like what's being said here in Chaitanya Charitamrita is is really the culmination of understanding the Bhagavatam because we need to understand what this love is because we're trying to develop it if we don't know what it is what, how are we going to how are we going to shoot for it if we don't even know what we're shooting for so what we're reading is what we're all shooting for hmm. Gopis have forsaken all these along with their families and suffered their relatives' punishment and scolding all for the sake of serving Lord Krishna. They render loving service to him for the sake of his enjoyment. In other words, whatever this is this is Adi Lila 4, 165 through 176. That's what I'm reading now. It begins, Kamini begins, Srila Krishandas Kaviraj Goswami continues. So what Prabhupada is saying here, the nature of the gopis' love is that they will suffer whatever whatever they have to suffer, they'll suffer. Whatever they have to go through, they'll go through. And later it's explained why. He said, because unless Krishna is pleased, is happy, they're not happy. That's another symptom of love. You can't, like, can you experience happiness Oh yeah, we had some really nice prasadam, I'm very happy, or I went to the lake today, we went swimming, I went to the beach, we went swimming, we walked, you know, we climbed the mountains, I feel very happy. Yeah. There are things in this world that make us happy. But they won't make the gopis happy. The only thing that can make the gopis gopis happy is satisfying Krishna. That's all. Nothing else. That's love. You can't experience any happiness independent of the happiness of Krishna. That's the gopi's love. That's it. Now you know. We said it. It's clear. Prabhupada goes on. Therefore, lust and love are quite different. Lust is like dense darkness but love is like the bright sun. Hmm. Lust is like dense darkness. Light is like the bright sun. Thus, there is not the slight. There is not the slightest taint of lust in the Gopis' love. Their relationship with Krishna is only for the sake of his enjoyment. That's it. That's the definition. I'll read it again. Their relationship with Krishna is only for the sake of his enjoyment. And sometimes you'll look at the Leelas and it'll look like they're doing things for their own enjoyment. So just just remember this statement of Prabhupada. So if you if you look at something they're doing and you think that's something that it seems like I would do or an ordinary person would do for their own enjoyment. Just we have to understand the basic the basic principle is the only reason they're doing that is it, it'll give Krishna pleasure. And we're going to read about this. It's really nice what Prabhupada says about this. But that's that's a basic paradigm of understanding Radha and Krishna. That whatever you see the gopis doing, even when Radha becomes angry or the gopis seem to be lusty say you know please kiss me and so forth they're not doing it because they want it they're doing it because they know it'll please krishna and it seems like they're doing it because they want it but they'll never do anything because they want personal gratification there's no de- they don't have the desire for that so so just remember that when you're reading about the gopis they have no desire for personal enjoyment. So they can't do anything for personal enjoyment. Yeah. So we'll continue reading. Let me read these over again in case you were spacing out. They render service to him for the sake of his enjoyment. That is called firm attachment to Lord Krishna. It is spotlessly pure, like a clean cloth that has no stain. Therefore, lust and love are quite different. Lust is like dense darkness, but love is like the bright sun. Couldn't be any more opposite than that, right? (laughs) The sun at noon and and midnight when there's a new moon. It's pitch black. So this is a this is a quote. Oh dearly beloved, your lotus feet are so soft that we place them gently on our breast, fearing that your feet will be hurt. Our life rests only in you. Our minds therefore are filled filled with anxiety that your tender feet might be wounded by pebbles as you roam about on the forest path. So this Verses quoted to underscore what we've just been talking about. So the gopis are thinking Krishna's walking, Krishna walks barefoot. And they're thinking, he has very soft feet and he's walking barefoot. And that must hurt him. So that hurts them because it hurts him. They're in pain, thinking that he's in pain. That's, you know, that's just They can't think of personal pain and pleasure. They think of Krishna's pain and pleasure. That's all. And that's why when Krishna goes to herd the cows and he's going barefoot, it puts them in pain because they're thinking, they're feeling the pain more than he's feeling. The gopis do not care for their own pleasure or pains. All their physical and mental activity, activities are directed toward offering enjoyment to Lord Krishna. They renounced everything for Krishna. They have pure attachment to giving Krishna pleasure. It's another quote. Oh, my beloved gopis, you have renounced social customs scriptural injunctions and your relatives for my sake. I disappeared behind you only to increase your concentration upon me. Since I disappeared for your benefit, you should not be displeased with me. So this is Krishna leaving and coming back. Uh, This must be Raslila. But it could be any time Krishna left and came back. But We had discussed this the other day that we would wonder why would Krishna leave the gopis? There are many reasons the acharyas give. But one of the reasons, as described here, is that when they're feeling separation, it's actually good for them. It's increasing their affection, increasing their love. So just as the gopis would only do something for Krishna's pleasure. Krishna would only do something for the gopis pleasure so when you see Krishna doing something cruel he never does anything cruel it's not cruel it just seems cruel but he's only doing it to increase their love that's all and that's so that's the basic paradigm whatever the gopis do it's out of love of Krishna whatever Krishna does it's out of love for his devotees even if it appears to be different it's not different and so when when we, we understand those two principles of Krishna Leela, then everything will make sense. At least at least we can if it doesn't make sense we can remind ourselves well this is the sense of it. Even if it doesn't appear this way, this is what it means. So now let's see if there's any comment. And now we're going to read from Adi Leela 4, 181 through 184. I think perhaps what's in this book, or maybe sections, this is why you can't find it. He may not be quoting the whole thing. There's no Bengali here. He may just be quoting a purport. Anyway. So this is, we're going to read 180 one through one eighty four. I got lazy. I didn't I was just reading, I didn't want to go look everything up, copy it, paste it. Sometimes I hit a point of too many little tasks every day, you know, I hit a I hit a threshold like, okay, that's it. It was easier to send you the quotes, but send you the location but we're finding that maybe the whole purports and verses are not all there. Anyway, I'll read. I'm reading slow so hopefully you can absorb. In spite of this we see that the gopis are taking care of their bodies and decorating themselves very nicely in spite of this meaning they only care for Krishna's pleasure and then then you look at the gopis and say but they spend they spend time making themselves beautiful, taking care of their health, and so on. So that's this is the question I was asking before I was mentioning. Prabhupada is going to talk about it here. He talks about it. So let's read this again. In spite of this, we see that the gopis are taking care of their bodies and decorating themselves very nicely. How can one understand that they are not acting for their own sense gratification? In this regards, um, Kamini also, I think, we may be, this is the book, um, this is a book by Bhakti Prastham Swami that I'm reading from, so he's quoting a lot. But he may be putting in his own words in between the quotes and then, that's maybe confusing. You're looking, I'm reading something, it might actually be him speaking. In this regard, Krishnadas Kaviraj says... Whatever affection we see the gopis show for their own bodies, know it for certain to be only for the sake of Lord Krishna. Know it for certain. Don't have a doubt. The gopis think, listen to this, this is really important. I have offered this body to Lord Krishna. He is its owner and it brings him enjoyment. Krishna finds joy in seeing and touching this body it is for this reason that they cleanse and decorate their bodies isn't that interesting why are they taking so much trouble to be beautiful because they know it gives Krishna pleasure if making themselves beautiful did not give Krishna pleasure they wouldn't do it if making themselves ugly gave Krishna pleasure they would make themselves ugly (laughs) whatever pleases him, that's what they'll do. That's just, that's what it means to love Krishna. O Arjuna, there are no greater receptacles of deep love for me than the gopis who cleanse and decorate their bodies because they consider them mine, consider their bodies mine. Beautiful, beautiful. So now, We're going to read from Adi Lila, Chapter 4, Texts and Purports, 185 to 195. So these are just... How many are we just reading the purports here? This is all out of order. I don't know if you could actually... Yeah. Anyway. The way this book is written, it's hard it's hard to get the quotes in his purports to these verses Srila Prabhupada writes the selfless love of Godhead exhibited by the gopis cannot have any parallel we should not therefore misunderstand the care We should not misunderstand the carefulness of the gopis in their personal decoration. The gopis dressed themselves as beautifully as possible just to make Krishna happy by seeing them. They had no ulterior desires. They dedicated their bodies and everything they possessed to the service of Sri Krishna, taking it for granted that their bodies were meant for his enjoyment. They dress themselves with the understanding that Krishna would be happy by seeing and touching them. That's it. If this will make Krishna happy, I will do it. If this will not make Krishna happy, I won't do it. That's it. That's what it means to love Krishna. Krishna Krishnadas Kavaraj Goswami continues. There is another wonderful feature of the emotion of the gopis. Its power beyond its power is beyond the comprehension of the intelligence. When the gopis see Lord Krishna, they derive unbounded bliss. Although they have no desire for such pleasure, so this is interesting. So we've just been we've just been reading about how the gopis they have no desire for personal pleasure and here it's describing that they are experiencing unbounded bliss isn't that interesting so this is this is going to be explained listen up children this is important this is going to be explained They derive unbounded bliss although they have no desire for such pleasure. So here's the explanation. The gopis taste a pleasure fasten your seat belts, everyone ten million times greater than the pleasure Lord Krishna derives from seeing them. You know how much ten million times is? No, you don't. I can guarantee you you don't. On you yeah it's, it's not yeah it's it's Well, I don't want to say you can't conceive of ten million times, but I want to say that you can't conceive of ten million that we can't conceive it. Anyway, remember this number from today's class ten million because we're going to quiz you tomorrow said what does 10 million refer to? and you're all going to say that's how many more times the gopis are enjoying their relationship with Krishna experiencing happiness than the happiness Krishna feels in his relationship with them that's amazing as we said why be God when you can enjoy 10 million times more I I think this should be our explanation For people to say, you know, I'm trying to be God, say, why would you want to be God? By serving him, you can enjoy 10 million times more than you could ever. Well, that's 10 million times more than him. That's not 10 million times more. Yeah, okay, we can say, you want to become God? Well, you can enjoy 10 million times more than him by serving him. So, think that over, you know. You might be cheating yourself. the gopis have no inclination for their own enjoyment and yet their joy increases that is indeed a contradiction no and this is the ultimate the ultimate paradox in the material world that if you come to this point where you just try to satisfy krishna and you can purify yourself enough that that desire to satisfy krishna is most important in your life then you will enjoy like never before. That's a fact. Anandamaya. Anandamaya. You will be full of ananda, full of bliss, because that's Krishna's nature. You try to satisfy Krishna, you become anandamaya. For this contradiction, I see only one solution. The joy of the gopis lies in the joy of their beloved Krishna. When Krishna sees the gopis, his joy increases and his unparalleled sweetness increases also. So what's he saying here? Well, this is so interesting. This is the dynamics of love. So, the gopis want to please Krishna. So they please him And then they see that he's pleased. And when they see that he's pleased, they become so much happier. And when they're happier, he becomes pleased. And then again they see that he's pleased and they become happier. And this goes on eternally. Go home and think of that after class and see if you can figure that out. Eternally they're becoming happier, he's becoming happier. That's a lot of happiness. So, this is the explanation Krishna has obtained so much pleasure by seeing. The gopis think Krishna has attained so much pleasure by seeing me. That thought increases the fullness and beauty of their faces and bodies. <laughs> The beauty of Lord Krishna increases at the sight of the beauty of the gopis (laughs) they think Krishna is pleased then they become more beautiful they smile more that makes Krishna happy and then it just back and forth he becomes more happy they smile more become more beautiful that makes him more happy that makes them more beautiful makes him more happy and that goes on eternally and how long is eternal? yeah, it's a long time the beauty of Lord Krishna increases at the sight of the beauty of the gopis and the more the gopis see Lord Krishna's beauty the more their beauty increases in this way a competition takes place in which no one acknowledges defeat so they're both increasing yeah I don't know what to say uh, maybe I have to do my homework tomorrow and actually find these quotes I was just doing a lot of tedious brain work yesterday going through files and putting them in folders and looking what's in the documents is it the right place And I like I like the result of that I just don't like the process it's quite tedious And if you do too many tedious, at least for me, if I do too many tedious things, my brain says, that's it for today. (laughs) So I was recuperating from tedious work yesterday. And I was also just relishing reading it. And I didn't want to stop reading it to have to find it and then cut and paste it. So you may not be able to paste everything, but we'll do, we'll just do what we can. Krishna, however, derives pleasure from the beauty and good qualities of the gopis. And when the gopis see his pleasure, the joy of the gopis increases. Therefore, we find that the joy of the gopis nourishes the joy of Lord Krishna. For this reason, the fault of lust is not present in their love. Okay. So, let's continue reading. Ready? if there's no comments or questions I think everyone's happy just that we're reading if there were comments I didn't see them it's nice some days we have lots of discussion and some days it's nice that we can read a little more because probably most of us don't read Prabhupada's books as much as we should. And so this is uh, a good way to do it. Okay, so the next one, I don't know where it's from. It may be just what he, what Bhakti Purushottama Swami is saying. There is another natural symptom of the gopi's love that shows there is another natural symptom of the gopi's love that shows it to be without a trace of lust. The love of the gopis nourishes the sweetness of Lord Krishna. That sweetness in return increases their love, for they are greatly satisfied. The happiness of the abode of love is in the happiness of the object of that love. This is not a relationship of desire or personal gratification. Whenever there is unselfish love, that is its style. Anyway, it's unselfish love. The reservoir of love derives pleasure when the lovable object is pleased. When the pleasure of love interferes with the service of Lord Krishna, the devotee becomes angry towards such ecstasy. So now here's another point. This is really interesting. In in understanding love of Krishna, there's another another item we have to understand. And we see this sometimes, like a devotee is in ecstasy. And in in that ecstasy they'll cry. But when they cry they can't see Krishna. So the ecstasy is getting in the way of seeing Krishna. So they don't want the ecstasy. And in any way if if happiness if yes. If their own happiness in any way obstructs their service to Krishna, then they curse that happiness. And there's a famous example in to devotion, which we'll read. This is Bhakti Rasamrita 3.262. Kamaniya, unless you have... I don't think there's a way to find this quote. You would have to search it by word. Sri Duruka did not relish his ecstasy Sridharuka did not relish his ecstasy feelings of love for they caused his limbs to become stunned and thus obstructed his service of fanning Lord Krishna. So he was fanning Lord Krishna and he was experiencing ecstatic symptoms and it was impeding his fanning. So he was like, I don't want this ecstasy, ecstasy, go away ecstasy means happiness of Christian consciousness he didn't want it he wanted it to go away because it was getting in the way so if happiness gets in the way of service the devotee doesn't want that happiness, that's very interesting isn't it? you agree? yes? okay just uh, one more page to read then we can have some questions if you have this is another quotation from Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. The lotus-eyed Radharani powerfully condemned the ecstatic love that caused a flow of tears that hindered her sight of Govinda. She condemned... Radharani condemns ecstatic love. That's headlines of the, you know, the Daily, the daily Braj newspaper. Radharani condemns ecstasy. Whoa, big news, front page news. What does it mean? She can't see Govinda because she's crying, so she condemns ecstasy. Furthermore, pure devotees never forsake the loving service of Krishna to aspire for their own personal pleasure through five kinds of liberation. In this regard, Srila Prabhupada said, quote, A pure devotee of Krishna who loves him exclusively will flatly refuse to accept any sort of liberation, beginning from the merging with the body of the Lord and extending to other varieties of liberation, such as equality of form, opulence, or abode, and the opulence of living near the Lord. The natural, and those opulences are achieved in Vaikuntha. So naturally, devotee is not aspiring for a form of Vishnu. And it's, it's sometimes considered that to desire one of these kinds of liberation, even if it's liberation of Vaikuntha, it's considered just a personal desire. Now we might say you should go back to Godhead you should try to go back to Godhead Well that's that's something Prabhupada has come that's Prabhupada's mission to take us back to Godhead so in that sense going back to Godhead is service to Prabhupada because that's what he wants but on a higher level we'll be willing to go anywhere and Prabhupada was asked where are you going after you your mission is over on the, on this planet he said I'm going said, I want to go to the hellish planets or I'm going to the hellish planets to preach there. So either we serve Prabhupada by going back to Godhead or we join him and help him preach. The natural love of the gopis is devoid of any trace of lust. It is faultless, bright, and pure like molten gold. The gopis are the helpers, teachers, friends, wives, dear disciples, confidants, and serving maids of Lord Krishna. (laughs) Everything. I think that includes everything. The gopis know Krishna's desires and they know how to render perfect loving service for his enjoyment. They perform their service expertly for the satisfaction of their beloved. Se gopiga uttama radhika prema Among the gopis, Srimati radhika is the foremost. She surpasses all in beauty, in good qualities, in good fortune, and above all, in love. Chaitanachatramita 4 to 14. Then we're reading text 4 to 15 now, and then we'll read text 4 to 16 after we read 215. In this regard, it is said, just as Radha is dear to Lord Krishna, so her bathing place, Radha Kunda, is dear to him. She alone is he is his most beloved of all the gopis. Lord Krishna himself has said, O Partha, in all the three planetary systems, this earth is especially fortunate, for on this earth is the town of Vrindavan, and there the gopis are especially glorious, because amongst them is Shrimati Radharani. Shrimati Radharani ki jare. So I think that was important discussion we had today. And I, will, I, can, I don't think we can overemphasize the importance of, of understanding the love of the gopis because it is that love that we're aspiring for. And I think uh, from today's reading you can see that the more you understand what is love, the more you understand what you need to be working on and, and what's lacking in your life, isn't it? So, if we don't know what love is, how do we emulate it? And so, here we're learning about love that we've never seen anywhere. So, okay, so that Naima devotee. That means I'm supposed to develop this love. I'm on the path. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to, My goal is to become like the gopis. Beautiful, right? My goal is to develop the love of the gopis. And so by meditating on the gopis, then you'll become inspired to develop that love. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to meditate on the gopis. He used to chant, Gopi, Gopi, Gopi. Sometimes he was misunderstood for chanting that, but that, that's what was in his mind and heart, the love that the gopis had for Krishna. So, I have a meeting. I have a meeting at 9.30. If you want to ask any questions or make some comments, we can take a few. And I would like to stop at 9.25. Anandita says I agree that if material happiness gets in the way of service we do not want it but it is amazing that if spiritual happiness gets in the way of service pure devotee does not want it yeah so that that's uh, see the whole thing the whole thing we were reading is that the pure devotee has no desire for themselves and, and we're trying to relate to that but you also have to remember that Part of the problem that we're facing in the material world is we have a material body, and the material body has demands. So imagine, Anandita, imagine you had a body that didn't have any demands, the spiritual body. And so what would be the function of that spiritual body? The function of that spiritual body would be to please Krishna. So the demands we have of this body here wouldn't be there. And so then the obstacle becomes not your own desire, but anything that in any way gets in the way of your relationship with Krishna, wherever, whatever that is. If it's ecstasy, if it's happiness, anything. If it gets in the way, it gets in the way, and that becomes the problem. And that's why the gopis, they cursed Brahma and said, you made eye, eyelashes. I, excuse me, you made eyelids. And I think most people blink every like 11 seconds or something. We just don't know it. And some people blink more. I don't know, but then you'll know. You, you see me blinking now. Oh, and so you can all blink. And see, when you blink, for just just blink. Just look at me, look at my picture and blink. And so for that fraction of a second, you didn't see me. And you're like, you're fine. You didn't see me for a fraction of a second. You're okay, right? You didn't faint or... Um, you didn't curse Brahma. Oh, Lord Brahma, why did you create eyelids for a fraction of a second? I could not see Mahatma Prabhu. I doubt you were cursing Brahma when you blinked. But the gopis blink and they curse Brahma. Like, Like, what's wrong with you? You created eyelids and now when I blink for that moment I can't see Krishna and it, it's torture hmm isn't that interesting you get a glimpse into what love is hmm. you get anything anything that gets in the way gets in the way whatever it is the point is it gets in the way and that's the problem P. is asking, at my level, how to cultivate the mood of happy small and give up desire for prominence, which the gopis don't have at all. Happy small, just be happy small, yeah, happy small. P. because you'll never be happy big. Uh, The thing is, it's a simple point, Krishna doesn't like proud devotees. Krishna likes devotees who are humble. So that should be enough to inspire you to be humble, because that's what He likes. And our life is for His pleasure. Um, and There's a few thoughts that you can meditate on. We don't join spiritual movements to become prominent, we don't join spiritual movements to polish up and inflate our false egos. We join spiritual movements to deflate our egos, to become more humble. So the purpose of ISKCON is to help you become humble. The purpose of ISKCON is not to inflate your ego. So that's another meditation. The pur- or Not even the purpose of ISKCON, but the purpose of spiritual life is not to inflate your ego. So that's something to meditate on. And I would even go so far as to say that it's a travesty or it's a crime if we utilize the facilities of ISKCON for any personal sense gratification. So if I use the facility of ISKCON so that I can be honored, glorified, famous, I only use the facility of ISKCON so I can further the mission of ISKCON. So if me becoming famous is going to help further the mission, that's fine. But I'm not doing it because I want to be famous. I'm doing it because, well, more people will listen to me. Well, more people will become Krishna conscious. Right? I'm famous now. Everybody's listening to Mahatma. Well, before it was, you know, I put up something and we would get three people watching it and now we're getting three million what's better so yeah but that's the only reason otherwise um, don't ever think you're entitled because of what you've accomplished don't ever think you're entitled to be proud you're not Some animals digging a hole under my office. We have we house many animals here; they're all over the place. I'm happy. To- okay, okay. I feel better when I'm praying with Krishna and loving Him, and it heals my heart. I worry that. Is me receiving something from him? But when he sends love into me, heals and I feel. Well, if Krishna sends something, that means you, he wants you to have it. Yeah, you might, you're hearing messages from him. How do you know it's delusional or it's him? Well, you can confirm with what he teaches in scripture. Sometimes Krishna gives you like he gives you material things because he wants you or gives you happiness, a nice husband, nice children, nice house, nice job, this and that, because he knows you'll use everything in service, and he knows that you you need these things and want these things. so, but you don't use them for sense gratification, you use them for service. Fine line between what was your question of between pride and humility? Well, you know, I think it was. Two of the goswamis gave examples of of different examples of pride and compared it to build, uh, excuse me, compared it to bathing in something uh, really horrible like urine of an animal or stool of an animal and I think it's a good example I think it's a good example because I think everything material is like that we think it's nectar but from the perspective of someone who's relishing Krishna consciousness, to them say nectar that's like stool what are you talking about you know, it's like if you if you see a drunkard and the drunkard thinks, "Oh, this this beer tastes good," and you've never dr- drank beer, I don't know if anybody actually likes the taste of beer. I can't imagine they would, but um, if you taste beer and you've never tasted beer before, it tastes horrible. or Any alcohol tastes horrible. And if people are enjoying it, you'll think, "How can they enjoy that? That tastes horrible. That's the worst thing I've ever tasted." So the it's, it's pure devotee sees sees it something like that. That is, you think that's enjoyment that gets your ego, you know, polished. No, that's that's like bathing in donkey urine. And I think the sad thing is that we're bathing in donkey urine and we're taking it as nectar. Narottam Das Thakur said, although I've come to this world, I've spent my life uselessly. How? I avoided the service of Radha and Krishna and I took that to be nectar. So I was drinking poison. The poison was I was avoiding service and I was taking it to be nectar. That's it. So pride just falls within that category hard to give up but if you know that it will please Krishna that's the strongest motivation so I'm going to have to go now I have to get ready for a little meeting on Zoom in two and a half hours and four minutes we're going to be chanting Japa and Anuradha can you put the Zoom link for the Japa we'll be chanting from 12 to 1 Eastern Daylight Time that's New York Time East Coast US Time you're all invited it's nice to chant with other devotees I, I always chant alone but I'm I'm happy to be able to chant with other devotees and the, the nice thing about this is that you know sometimes when you chant with devotees somebody's chanting really loud and it's hard to hear uh, well, with this, because it's on Zoom, if it's too loud, you can just turn it down. Oh, that Prabhu's chanting too loud. Oh, I'll just turn him down. Amazing. You can't turn him down in the temple room, but you can turn him down on Zoom. So it's nice. if you, And if you like, we have Prabhupada chanting. That's what we hear. I think they may be having me. You hear me. So if you like to, like to hear it louder, you can turn it up louder. So it's beautiful. So you're all invited. Okay, I'm going to go now. Hare Krishna. We'll see you either later today or tomorrow morning. Morning. Hare Krishna.